The D Las Vegas Resort and Casino presents Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. Brought to you by Bell Ford, the Arizona Ford Giant. At 2401 West Bell Road in Phoenix or at bellford.com. Verizon Wireless, this is 5G done right. By Jesse Ray's Barbecue in Las Vegas. Pick up any of our award-winning sauces on the way home tomorrow night at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas. The D Las Vegas Resort and Casino, home of Bar Canada, a north-of-the-border home, Las Vegas style. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila, ultra-smooth, Arizona-owned. Behind the mask, whether on the ice or in line, we are the Valley headquarters for all of your hockey needs. By M-Drive, the presenting partner of What Drives You. M-Drive, for energy, stamina, recovery. And by Summer Skates, get your personalized shower shoes and koozies at icetimehockeysw.com forward slash partners and click on the Summer Skates banner. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly, presented by the G Las Vegas Resort and Casino, is part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy. All right, welcome in hockey fans, professional hockey fans in the Southwest. This is Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. Presented by our friends at the D Hotel in Las Vegas, the resort and casino. The D Las Vegas, the place to be if you want fun, action, uh, great times. Uh, Vegas starting to reopen uh, quite a bit now, and the, uh, the D is very, very popular right in downtown Las Vegas. So we thank them for being our presenting partner of Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. Scott Strandy joining you uh, tonight from beautiful Scottsdale, Arizona. As we start to wind down, folks, this is uh, basically the last week of the regular season for both NHL and AHL hockey. A huge game starting in about 30 minutes uh, in Las Vegas as the uh, Vegas Golden Knights and the Colorado Avalanche um, do battle. Um let me lay that out to you right from the get-go because uh, th- this is huge. Uh, if Vegas wins, they lock up that number one spot and uh, win the Honda West division. If Colorado wins, Vegas would have to lose uh, again in in one of their final games. So it's a 56-game season. Vegas has played 54. Colorado has played 53. And the point difference is Vegas 80, Colorado 76. But just behind them, in third place is the Minnesota Wild, the surprising Minnesota Wild, in at 75 points. And uh, just uh, 54 games played, though, so they only have uh, two more to play. Best they could possibly do would be 79, so they cannot catch the Vegas Golden Knights. And um, St. Louis has locked up the number four spot uh, through 53 games. They have 57 points. The Arizona Coyotes... Uh, in the five spot, but they have uh, wrapped up their season, all 56 games played with 54 points. San Jose, uh, 55 games, uh, 49 points. The Los Angeles Kings, 53 games played, 48 points. And the Anaheim Ducks, 56 games have wrapped up their season and uh, have 43 points. So that's how the NHL looks um, <clears throat> right now in the Honda West Division. 
Uh, we can look at some of the leaders in the uh, others. The Discover Central Division, Carolina's played 55 games, has 80 points, and Florida right behind them, 55 games and 77 points, uh, followed by Tampa Bay, 55 games played and 75 points. Um, in that division, uh, you're going to look at Carolina, Florida, Tampa Bay, and Nashville, all clinching spots. We know who those four are. Uh, in the Mass Mutual East, Another great battle. Pittsburgh right now on top through 56 games at 77 points. The Washington Capitals can catch them. Uh, played 55 games, have one left. They're at 75 points. And Boston holds down number three right at the moment. And uh, the New York Islanders in at 70 points through 55 games and holding down the number four spot. As we go to the Scotia North, Toronto, uh, a stronghold on it. They have actually clinched the uh, the, the championship in the Scotia North through 54 games. They have 76 points. Um, 53 games played for Edmonton. They have 68 points. 53 games played for Winnipeg with 59 points. And Montreal and Calgary, um, Montreal at 57 points through 54 games. So uh, it looks like those are going to be uh, locked up with those four, so Toronto, Edmonton, Winnipeg, and Montreal as your four out of the Scotia North. Um, you know, uh, let's be honest, folks. When this season started, we had no idea what was going to happen. We knew it was abbreviated. We knew it was going to be 56 games. But we had no idea, um, you know, how many stoppages there would be or if all the teams would be able to play all 56. What a job the uh, NHL has done to be able to get to that point where we can say we can uh, – we can crown a champion in each uh, uh, division, if you will, because they, the, their games are getting close. I mean, Vancouver is a team that was really down. Um, they've only played 49, so they've got seven to go. Um, but they really took it hard with COVID. And, you know, it's, uh, it's one of those things where I don't think, you know, even with those seven games, I'd give them 14 points. They could technically get to 57 uh, and, and get to Montreal if Montreal does not win. Uh, either of their final two games. So we'll see how that goes. But another Montreal win should lock down that uh, number four spot for them. And then uh, the the Vancouver Canucks would just be playing out the string, if you will. Okay, let's jump back into the Honda West because that's where things are really boiling, if you, if, you, if I can use that term. Um, I like to look at the last 10 because I think that gives you a real good overview of who's hot and who may be cooling off and who may be struggling. No doubt, uh, Vegas Golden Knights are hot. They are 8-2-0 in their last 10. Uh, Colorado, coming out of their second COVID bout, uh, is in at 6-4-0. And uh, the Minnesota Wild, the sneaky Minnesota Wild, 7-1-2. And uh, their home record, folks, um, well, actually the three top teams in the Honda West have incredible home marks. Vegas 21 4 and 2, Colorado 24 and 2, and uh, Minnesota 21 5 and 2. That's their home ice records. Um, pretty impressive if you only lose um, less than a handful or a handful of games uh, on your home ice. So that's why home ice is so extremely important. In addition to that, the Vegas Golden Knights um, are starting to get more and more people allowed in their building. I think they had around 8,000 the other night, Saturday night, when they played St. Louis. And it makes a difference, folks. It really does. If uh, 
if you have uh, a lineup like that, I mean, you have um, and fan support like that, it, they drive you. Even if it's only half the crowd or or forty percent or whatever it is uh, of capacity, it still drives you. And the Vegas Golden Knights, uh, probably like no other team in the Honda West, use that um, fan support to propel them. So. <laughs> The strange thing about this year as well has been the struggles Vegas has had uh, with their cap space. Uh, As we know, they have uh, reached the threshold. They've had to juggle. At times, they played uh, seven. I believe the last three games, they played with 17 skaters. And uh, that's that's hard to do when you're trying to win uh, a division. But they still managed to get it done. They had a couple more injuries this week. So uh, Peyton Krebs came up after his uh, WHL uh, season was done and uh, came in and was doing a fantastic job, took a puck to the face, and um, they have no idea how long he's going to be out. But uh, So that was a bad break. Uh, I understand that uh, Alex Martinez is probably out tonight, so it could be that the Vegas Golden Knights are going up against Colorado on their home ice with everything online, on the line, I should say, and uh, only doing it with 15 players, 15 skaters. Goodness gracious, I don't know how you do it. So we'll find out. But one thing we do know, the Golden Knights are winning at a 741 uh, clip. That, that's winning you know, nearly three-quarters of every game you play. That's, that's impressive, whether it's 56 or 82 or however many games it may be. That is an impressive number. Uh, the other number I like to look at as well is the, is the uh, differential. And uh, the Vegas Golden Knights are plus 62. That, my friends, is impressive. In addition to that, uh, Colorado right behind them at 53, but 62, a plus 62, uh, basically unheard of. I mean, if you look at the other divisions, Toronto, plus 42. Uh, If you look at Pittsburgh, plus 40. If you look at Carolina, plus 48. Um, (laughs) uh, Plus 62 tells you you've got a great offense and you also got a a very good defense. So congratulations to the Vegas Golden Knights for getting that done. Like I said, that matchup is going to start here in about 25 minutes or so uh, at T-Mobile Arena and uh, everything on the line in this one, folks. If Vegas wins, it's over. They uh, win the Honda West. And the prize for Honda West is you get St. Louis, which I'm not sure um, (laughs) is, is much of a prize because St. Louis is playing pretty well as well. But the, the, the series then would mean the other series in the division would mean Colorado versus Minnesota. And uh, that one I think is going to be a real battle right down to the very end. So that's the way things kind of shake out as we, uh, we go through the, uh, the NHL and certainly the Honda West division um, with teams ending their season already. I mean, we've already had some coaching changes happen. Uh, we found the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets, once their season ended this weekend, uh, parted ways with uh, John Tortorella. Uh, so they will be looking for a new head coach in Columbus. Uh, the rumblings around New York and the New York Rangers with with things going on there uh, could mean a new head coach there. It has not been settled yet, but um, that that's a possibility. Um, Rick Tockett, the head coach with the Coyotes, they parted ways. Uh, yesterday so um, Rick Tockett will be uh, on the open market as well and 
we can't forget that the uh, Seattle Kraken are going to be joining the league for next season. So they're going to be looking for a head coach. And it could be any of those three, or it could be Gerard Gallant. A lot of people are talking about Gerard taking that position. I've also heard some pretty strong rumblings that that job is uh, Rick Tockett's. We'll find out. Um, but then there'll be a draft. There'll be the expansion draft. There'll be the regular draft. Um, and pretty soon, before you know it, we're going to be starting the 2021-2022 season uh, very quickly this fall. So it's going to be just uh, – I think it's just nonstop hockey. And if you talk to my co-host on Sunday and Tuesday, Paul Hornstein, you know he will tell you uh, the more hockey, the better. He'd have it 24 hours a day if he could. Uh, so I think next year, though, the way things are going, we're going to round it out into shape and we're going to get things maybe back to a little bit more sense of normal, if you will, so we can have more fans. We can uh, avoid some COVID stretches that um, bounced a lot of teams around and, and made it difficult for them to play games. So, um, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back and uh, we'll talk some more professional hockey on the NHL side. We'll also talk a little bit about the AHL side because there's some interesting things going on in the uh, Pacific Division for the AHL. They've actually got themselves a, a playoff format outline that will start next Tuesday in Irvine, California. So I'll get into that in just a minute. But right now, let's take a quick break here from some of our partners and we'll come back with more professional hockey Southwest Weekly presented by the D Las Vegas Casino, Hotel, Resort, and all-around place to be in Las Vegas. Hi, this is Derek Stevens. Download your new sports betting app with Circus Sports. Get 24-7 access to a dynamic sports betting menu, including props, futures, cross-sport parlays, in-game wagering, and more. Sign up for the mobile wagering app at CircusSports.com. Then visit one of our downtown Las Vegas sportsbooks at the D or the Golden Gate to activate and fund your mobile wagering account. Learn more at CircusSports.com. If you live in the Valley, you know that there is no shortage of great Mexican food. But if you want authentic taste with a fair price and relaxed atmosphere, then head to Burrito Express. From the breakfast burritos served all day to combination plates for lunch, Burrito Express delivers that homemade taste you would expect from your own kitchen. Try all of our authentic Mexican recipes at any of our six East Valley locations, from Scottsdale to Gilbert and all points in between. ASU alumni owned and operated since 1995. Go to BurritoExpress.com and check out our menu or find a location to order for fast pickup or delivery. I can't wait to get to Las Vegas and check out the fortress. Going to see the Golden Knights? No. Stopping at Jesse Ray's Barbecue for lunch. Oh, that fortress. That combination of brisket, hot links, fries, mac and cheese, surrounded by offensive ribs. I'm in. Exactly. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, located at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, right behind the Mandalay Bay Hotel. Check out their pulled pork, smoked chicken, or the fall off the bone baby back ribs. Jesse Ray's Barbecue has been voted the best barbecue in Las Vegas two years running. So whether it's a midday meal or a pregame feast, head to Jesse Ray's Barbecue for all their award-winning tastes.
Ask any hockey player in the desert southwest, and they'll all tell you the same thing. We love going to the rink and sandals. Now you can show off your game in style with summer skates. Officially licensed summer skates are comfortable, washable, and can be designed to show off your fandom. Bill Kessel, your guy? Big William Carlson fan? Or is Austin Matthews the man? Have your summer skates designed to show off your favorite NHL player or shout out your own game with your own number. Team discounts and customization available too for groups of 12 or more. Thirsty after getting off the ice, our new koozies are perfect for keeping that cold one cold in the desert heat. Comfortable and durable, show up to the rink in style. An authorized retailer of summer skates, you can purchase yours through our website at icetimehockeysw.com. All right, and we're back. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly, presented by the beautiful D Las Vegas Hotel, Resort, Casino, and all around good place to enjoy uh, a excellent environment in downtown Las Vegas. Our thanks again to the folks at the D Las Vegas and Derek Stevens. I know he doesn't get much sleep anymore because he's constantly giving away jackpots there. Uh, if you follow him on Twitter, you'll see that uh, they've been busy doing some jackpot jackpot giving away. So. Derek, stay busy. It's uh, it's always a lot of fun to uh, to get to see you when we're in Las Vegas, and it's a thrill uh, to have you as a partner as well. Okay, folks, uh, we talked a little bit of NHL standings. Let's jump into the Pacific Division standings for the AHL. As I said, big news was made a couple of weeks ago when the uh, AHL Pacific Division decided that they were going to have a playoff uh, to, uh, to decide who wins the Pacific Division after the season ends, and as you know, all season long we've been talking about uh, winning percentage because there's such a discrepancy in games played. Uh, here's an example for you. For San Diego Gulls have played 41 games. It was supposed to be a 40-game season. The Tucson Roadrunners have played only 34 games. The Colorado Eagles, who have suffered through COVID uh, issues as well, only 31 games. So the only way to be fair in this whole situation uh, was to go ahead and, and use the uh, winning percentage. So that leaves the Henderson Silver Knights on top. They played 35 games, 23-12-0-0 uh, record for 46 points and a 6-5-7 winning percentage. Uh, they are followed closely behind by the Bakersfield Condors, who've got 36 games in so far, 22-13-0-1 for 45 points. And the aforementioned San Diego Gulls, 41 games played, 24 wins, 16 losses, 1-0, and 49 points, and a winning percentage of 598. If I miss some winning percentage on the Condors, I'm sorry about that. It's 625. Um, fourth place belongs to the San Jose Barracuda, 35 games played, 15, 14, 4, 2, and 36 points a winning percentage of uh, 514. The Colorado Eagles hold the number five spot currently with 31 games played, 14 wins, 14 losses, two overtime losses, and two shootout losses. Uh, one shootout loss, I'm sorry. 31 points and a 500 uh, winning percentage. The Ontario Reign pull up number six, 38 games played, 15, 19, 4, and 0 for 34 points and a winning percentage of .447. And the Tucson Roadrunners played 34 games so far, 13, 19, 2, and 0 for 28 points and a 4-1-2 winning percentage. What does it all mean? This is what it all means. 
There's uh, one week left of game action. Everybody will be all done by uh, Sunday afternoon. I believe the Roadrunners uh, are playing the final game of the uh, Pacific Division uh, that will be in Tucson on uh, Sunday afternoon. And the uh, the way things are going to break down is the uh, number one seed, the number two seed, and the number three seed will all be um, past the original round. They'll be, uh, I guess, buys is the best way to say it, into the second round of the uh, Pacific Division playoffs. And then you'll have uh, four, five, six, and seven will be battling it out for uh, the final spot. And how they're going to do that is they're going to go to Irvine, California. They're going to match up, um, I think it's four, seven, and five, six is the way it's going to break down. So we'll know those on Sunday, what those pairings will be. They'll play two games. Four and seven will play. Five and six will play. And then the uh, two winners will play on Wednesday in Irvine to determine who gets the uh, the final spot in the playoffs, the uh, number four spot, I guess you'd say. So they would face, uh, currently if things were set up the way it is, Henderson would then face the winner that comes out of the playoff, uh, part of the play-in games, I should say, and Bakersfield and San Diego uh, would do battle in the other semifinal. And uh the goal of the the AHL Pacific Division is to have everything wrapped up by the 29th of May. So nice and neat. It's all done in uh, the end of May, and, and they move on. So um, history was made again in Vegas. I feel like I say this all the time, but history was made again on Saturday, and we were there for it. Uh, myself, Stephen Marsh, and uh, Tom Callahan all made the trip to uh, T-Mobile Arena for the very first professional hockey doubleheader in the history of Nevada, history of Las Vegas, as the Henderson Silver Knights took on the San Jose Barracuda at 1 o'clock in the afternoon, and then the, uh, the uh, Vegas Golden Knights took on the St. Louis Blues in what would be the nightcap at 7 p.m. So the neat part about that is that there was a good number of fans, I think 3,300 or so, for the uh, Silver Knights game, but it gave those players a chance to, to, to get and play under the bright lights of, of what is T-Mobile Arena. Uh, they responded with a nice 5-3 victory uh, over the Barracuda, and then the Golden Knights finished it off with a, a nice win over St. Louis to uh, round off the history-making day. But there's so much going on in Vegas, and I give this shout-out many, many times, and I think it deserves it because COVID came, and a lot of places were forced to shut down, and sometimes it was because of their own doing, sometimes it was because of COVID itself. But one thing that Vegas didn't do was uh, shut down the hockey part of it. They uh, they worked through COVID. Um, if you go down uh, the 215 and you get over uh, Green Valley Road in that area and you get to see the uh, the new Henderson Dollar Loan Center uh, building, which is coming up, the 6,000-seat home of future home of the Henderson Silver Knights, um, it's well underway. The construction never stopped there. Um, they are, they have, you know, framework up all the way. The roof is up. So, um, they're plugging along on that. And, you know, that's, that's one thing you have two choices in life, folks. You can either press forward or you can just sit around and watch life pass you by. And, uh, I don't believe that, uh, phrase is in the, uh, vocabulary of one Bill Foley. <laughs> Once he gets started, he keeps rolling. So, uh, Kudos to uh, to everybody in Vegas for all the work that they've done to make sure that they not only have a place for their NHL team that's successful, but also their AHL team that's very successful. 
I uh, had a chance to go see all the arenas. Uh, wanted to show Tom some of the, the things of Vegas. So we were up at City National. We were over at the uh, Dollar Loan Center. We made it over to Lifeguard. And, of course, we were at T-Mobile. And, um, you know, if you don't see it regularly, you have to just step back a minute and go, like, okay, now what's new? Uh, I noticed the new pucks and the silver sticks that are put outside of Lifeguard. What a view. What a, what a great entrance. I saw the uh, the walkway now is completed uh, from the city offices, basically, over to uh, Lifeguard Arena. And then, of course, when you have a chance to watch great hockey like we did uh, with both the Silver Knights and the Golden Knights, you find out that, you know, it really does matter uh, what your facilities are like. And I said this, folks, from the very beginning uh, when I watched the Silver Knights on the very first day that they were on the ice as a team, I said they carry themselves differently. Um, as you, most of you know, I've had a chance to uh, travel a lot over the last 30 days, been to see uh, a USHL All-Star game, been to see NCAA Frozen Four, been to see AHL games in, in Colorado, and ACH National Tournament in St. Louis, and then the uh, U18 World Championship in Frisco and Plano, Texas. And a lot of people said, why would you do that? That's crazy. You're crazy. Well, maybe I am. Uh, so I'll start off by saying that. But but secondly is uh, I had two things in mind when I made the trip. I wanted to brand our company, and I think it was fairly successful. A lot of people now know about Ice Time Hockey Southwest and what we do and what our goal is of um, growing the game of hockey in the Southwest and now moving it a little bit east as we get over to uh, Colorado and New Mexico, um, Utah, um, and all those places. So that was goal number one. Goal number two was I wanted to see different levels of hockey at the very highest to see how close they were together. Um, I've watched hockey and been a part of hockey for geez, better part of 50 years. And uh, what I've seen recently is tremendous growth in all areas from the ACHA to the NCAA to AHL. I even had a chance to see ECHL hockey at Allen, Texas, which was another real treat. But, but what I found is from, from about age 16, let me say 15, because the young man from Team Canada, Connor Bedard, at 15, and, and watching what he can do uh, amongst some of the best 18-year-olds in uh, all of the world was impressive. But what I found was the best teams in the age, in the ACHA, I think could challenge some of the lower-level teams in the NCAA as I think some of the very best teams in NCAA hockey could challenge some of the ECHL teams. I also think that uh, if you look at the ECHL teams, and I had a chance to see the Allen Americans and the Wichita Thunder, uh, they can compete with some of the best or some of the maybe uh, lower-end AHL teams. So point is, all of them together are starting to group themselves closer and closer together. And that, I believe, is because... Uh, we just had an explosion of hockey talent, and there's more and more players that are looking for places to play. And uh, when that happens, the uh, you spread the wealth, so to speak, and you spread it out widely. And uh, all of a sudden, uh, the trickle-down effect happens. The NHL is great. The AHL is great. ECHL is great. NCAA is great. ACHA is great. Now you have a really strong core and uh, they keep pushing each other. So when you see that, you should expect to see continued growth, but continued growth with a bunch of really talented hockey players. Okay, 
Let's take one more quick break. Let's come back and let me tell you a little bit about what I saw uh, of future professionals and a lot of guys that will be drafted in the upcoming NHL draft and the ones in the next two years behind that. So we'll be right back and we'll talk a little more professional hockey on Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly presented by the D Las Vegas Hotel and Casino. sports betting app with Circa Sports. Get 24-7 access to a dynamic sports betting menu, including props, futures, cross-sport parlays, in-game wagering, and more. Sign up for the mobile wagering app at CircaSports.com. Then visit one of our downtown Las Vegas sportsbooks at the D or the Golden Gate to activate and fund your mobile wagering account. Learn more at CircaSports.com. We've all been there. We know what kind of gift to get someone, but sometimes it can be too hard to make sure that the gift is the right size or style. So we shrug our shoulders and try to think of something else. Well, if that person is the hockey player in your life, the answer is easy. A gift certificate or a gift card to Behind the Mask Hockey Shops. Whether you go to any of our Three Valley locations or BehindTheMask.com, our gift cards are the perfect solution. Sports equipment, especially hockey equipment, has to feel right to the user. And the Behind the Mask gift card allows you to show the player how much you care and lets them pick out what's right for them, whether we're talking about sticks, gloves, skates, or more. Pick one up today at any of our Behind the Mask locations in Gilbert, Peoria, or Scottsdale, or at BehindTheMask.com. Really, JR, you think you can still do this? I'm focused. You're way too old to hit that target from there. I've been listening. You said it's been running through my head, locked and loaded. Still got it. Still got it. Who's old now? All right, welcome back in, folks. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. Scott Strandy joining you from Scottsdale, Arizona, where the temperature is uh, starting to chase that triple-digit mark over the last few days. We uh, we did hit it a couple days, I believe, this weekend. So uh, it, it's back. Uh, it's normal. And uh, we just have to get used to it. But uh, anyway, as we talk professional hockey here and the uh, Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly presented by the beautiful the Las Vegas Hotel, Resort, Casino, and everything that is downtown Las Vegas. Um, I, I teased a little bit before the break to uh, to tell you a little bit about my trip to uh, the Plano and Frisco, Texas, as I had a chance to uh, watch and partake in uh, the Under-18 Championship, the Under-18 World Championship. So that, basically, folks, what that means, if you don't follow along that closely, the, uh, the top 10 Teams in the country, uh, country in the world, get together uh, every year. Uh, all players under the age of 18 in this particular tournament, and they battle for a gold medal. Um, when I went to see the first games, I saw USA and Russia uh, playing Group B pool play, 
And as I watched that game, I said, wow, Americans are pretty good. The Russians are pretty good. Uh, I saw a game earlier that was uh, Czech Republic and uh, Finland, I think, or Germany, I guess it was. And uh, as I'm looking at them, I'm kind of dissecting what they have. Over the course of the week, um, here's what I figured out. Uh, the Americans, I believe, had the most talent on their roster, just raw talent. I think that was a, a kind of a detriment, and I'll tell you why, is that um, when you have uh, four lines uh, of top-caliber offense and four sets of good defense, um, sometimes you need grinders. And I don't know that Team USA had grinders. I think they had a ton of skilled players and really talented players. All of them, except the goaltenders, were committed, I believe, to universities uh, throughout the United States. Um, six, I believe, going to Notre Dame. So so that's what I saw from the Americans. Um, I wasn't able to see Group A, and that's where Canada resided uh, during the pool play, if you will. And I wasn't able to see them till the uh, quarterfinal round when they moved them over to um, the Comerica Center in Frisco, the uh, home of the Dallas Stars. So I got a chance to see them. Well, by that time, I'd already seen four days worth of games and seen everybody in pool B a couple or group B a couple different times. I decided with my eyes, this is what I determined. The uh, the Finns, extremely good at their sticks. I mean, they could catch pucks waist high, shoulder high if they had to on their stick. They could move the puck. They're very, very good with their sticks. Not quite as physical, and that's something you'd expect from European teams. But So the Finns are my stick team. Let's give them a stick award. Um, then I looked at the Czech Republic, and I said, wow, Czech Republic has some snipers. And they also have some physical players. They had a really good front line. Um, my favorite name of the entire tournament, Marcel Marcel, uh, played with with uh, the Czech Republic. So so they're my they're my sniper team, right? They they could shoot the puck and pick corners, and and then they proved it over and over again. Then I saw the Russians play, and I said, okay, the Russians uh, are physical, and they can skate. But the big thing that drew my attention to the Russian under-18 squad was the fact that they were snipers as well, but their shots were definitely heavier, and their releases were a lot quicker, but they were probably, if not as accurate, maybe even a little more accurate than the Czech Republic. So that was a pretty solid team. I already told you about the Americans. They were talented. They could do everything. Um, but, but they struggled a little bit with the grinder part of it, and I think that's what kept them out of the, the uh, medal game. Uh, bronze or gold and silver. Then I saw Team Canada. And uh, when Team Canada rolled in, uh, I'd seen what they'd been doing to Group A, and I thought, okay, they're pretty solid. Then I saw them on the ice, and I realized um, this team was going to be really, really hard to beat. And, and you know, kudos to the, the Russian team for, for staying with them in uh, the, the gold medal game, but uh, Canada with an empty net goal ended up winning that game 5-3. to three. Then I started digging deeper into what that roster was built of. Um, you think of guys like uh, McTavish. You think of guys like, um, you know, I can go down the list of the Canadian roster. But, but they had some really good 18-year-olds. But perhaps the best player of the entire tournament was a 15-year-old, Connor Bedard, the uh, Western Canadian product who uh, many believe will be the number one overall pick 
in the 2023 draft when that comes up in a couple of years. Um, and I watched him a couple of times, uh, once live. And then, uh, when I came back, I watched the, uh, semifinals and I watched the gold medal game on TV and, um, 15 years old, you're not supposed to be able to do what Conor Bernard does. Uh, for example, the championship game, he gets a breakaway or a penalty shot, and he doesn't score on it, and you could tell that he wasn't happy about it. He didn't slam a stick or do anything like that. He went back to the bench, he put his head down, and a minute 25 later, he's on his next shift, and he takes the puck from the right side of the ice, moves to center ice, has a, a Russian defender all over him, and snaps off a backhander from 30-plus feet out that was a missile right over the glove and shoulder of the uh, Russian goaltender and into the top corner of the net. Uh, a backhand, folks. Um, if you played the game of hockey, you understand how difficult uh, shooting accurately a backhand shot is. But think about it now when you're going full speed with a defender on you, and you're 30 feet out, and you snap it out that hard that quickly, and that accurate. So uh, Connor Bedard is a name to uh, to watch uh, as uh, he continues his amateur career and looks towards a uh, NHL career down the road. But keep in mind, again, this kid is 15. Um, I've had people tell me that, that are very close to him that uh, at 12 years old, he was playing with the 15-year-olds and dominating um, that league as well. Uh, he was leaving the WHL uh, in points until... Uh, Peyton Krebs, the Vegas product, uh, took that honor away from him uh, when he went off to uh, to play in the, the U18. So uh, the talent level on the Canadian roster was phenomenal. The skill level and the ability to shoot the puck and be snipers, but but take that whole thing and put it into one package. That's why the Canadians won the gold medal. They had everything. They had grinders. You saw it at the end of the game. Connor Bedard was like the second or third guy to get the cup when they each had their little skate around with it. And uh, he knew his role. He knew he was 15. He knew there were 16, 17, and 18-year-olds ahead of him. Um, and uh, when you have players like that and they all buy in, that's why you win championships. That's why you win gold medals. So um, if there's anything that comes out of this, out of the U18s for sure, um, that's what the other teams need to look at. You need to build a team. Not just throw your your very best players out there, um, and uh, you know that's something that's that's happened. So that that's what I saw in the U18s. Um, right now, I'm telling you that we're going to bring on uh, my good friend uh, Tom Callahan, Callahan on air. If you follow him on Twitter, uh, the former voice of the Nashville Predators, the Tucson Roadrunners, the all around best play by play voice in my book anywhere out there so we're going to bring tom on and we're going to talk because we brought tom up to uh to vegas with us as we were uh wanted him to see a little bit of uh the vegas scenery and um we'll, we'll get his uh feel for just exactly what he saw in vegas and and uh, what he thinks of the ahl and the nhl in the west so uh let's take a more quick break and let's come back with tom callahan in about two minutes This is Derek Stevens. Download your new sports betting app with Circus Sports. Get 24-7 access to a dynamic sports betting menu, including props, futures, cross-sport parlays, in-game wagering, and more. 
Sign up for the mobile wagering app at circusports.com. Then visit one of our downtown Las Vegas sportsbooks at the D or the Golden Gate to activate and fund your mobile wagering account. Learn more at circusports.com. Really, JR, you think you can still do this? I'm focused. You're way too old to hit that target from there. I've been listening to everything you said. It's been running through my head, locked and loaded. All right, still got it. Still got it. Who's old now? Any good cocktail is the quality of the spirit used. And if you want to make the best margaritas, or if you just want a straight shot of the best tasting tequila, then Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila is the brand for you. Award-winning Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila has the taste you want to make perfectly blended cocktails. Whether you're celebrating an overtime game winner with friends or relaxing by the pool after a long work day. Find your bottle, be it in Arizona or elsewhere in the U.S. Visit us at MexicanMoonshine.com. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila. Award-winning taste since 2011. Ask any hockey player in the desert southwest, and they'll all tell you the same thing. We love going to the rink and sandals. Now you can show off your game in style with summer skates. Officially licensed summer skates are comfortable, washable, and can be designed to show off your fandom. Bill Kessel, your guy? Big William Carlson fan? Or is Austin Matthews the man? Have your summer skates designed to show off your favorite NHL player or shout out your own game with your own number. Team discounts and customization available too for groups of 12 or more. Thirsty after getting off the ice, our new koozies are perfect for keeping that cold one cold in the desert heat. Comfortable and durable, show up to the rink in style. An authorized retailer of Summer Skate, you can purchase yours through our website at icetimehockeysw.com. All right, welcome back in. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly, presented by our friends at the D Las Vegas Hotel Casino Resort. Uh, All-around place to have lots of fun in downtown Las Vegas. Our pleasure, my pleasure, to bring on uh, uh, a good friend, Tom Callahan. Tom, how are you? I'm I'm doing well, Scott. I uh, I apparently can't tell time, um, and I apologize for that. That's my fault. Uh, uh, completely, completely lost track of time. Sorry. Uh, no, no issues. No issues whatsoever. Uh, I broke down everything in the first uh, part of the show, Tom, to, to tell people the standings so everybody knows where that's at. I broke down the AHL. Um, I, I want to get your opinion, though, because I'm always interested in, in hockey people that uh, that have opinions on stuff. And you were up with me in Vegas. You had a chance to see T-Mobile. You had a chance to see the Henderson Silver Knights. So let's start right there with that Pacific Division. And first of all, your thoughts on the Pacific Division of the AHL actually having uh, a playoff. It's so it's interesting, Scott. It's, you know, on one hand, the guys want some kind of reward, some kind of season ending status, just something to say, hey, we battled through this year. Um, 
you know, something satisfying has to be there. And unfortunately, it just, you know, it's it's been a hard year for that. It's been a hard two years now for that, really. Two seasons we've, right. we've gone through yeah. this. And and there's no Calder Cup this year again. Uh, and, you know, for the, the AHL, it's just not feasible because the budget's not there to do, you know, the playoffs. And there have been really no fans. There's been no money from that. And in the minors, that stuff counts so much more because they don't have the TV deal. You know, the corporate tickets and the and the the regular season ticket holders like you and me, and then the corporate dollars for advertising, just not there this year. So I understand. Um, I get it. It's one of those things where, you know, it's tough. I think we lost Tom for a minute. <laughs> I think I know where he was going with this. Uh, you know, you want to play for something, but you're unable to play for something. So uh, um, one of the things that uh, um, I want to find out when we get Tom back on is, uh, <laughs> where have you, Tom? Yeah, I'm back. Okay. <laughs> I-, I was saying when you were out that I, I think what you're trying to say is, it's kind of a double-edged sword, right? You want to play for something, but yet you know the, the economics of it all and, and this and that, so you just do what you can do. Um, but one of the things that I got from you this weekend was, and I got a lot from you, but first of all, thanks for going with me. Um, yes. But but you told me a little bit about the economics and the player side of things, and I think a lot of people would be happy or interested in knowing um, just what it's like to be an AHL player. They're not playing for big bucks, are they? No, they're not. Uh, you know, these guys on the low end, forty or fifty thousand, um, which sounds like a lot of money, and to some people it is. You know, I mean, it's not nothing. ECHLers make less, but by the same token, um, you know, you have to pay for your own housing. Uh, which in the ECHL you don't, you can often, you know, get in an apartment on a trade type of thing. So your money goes a little further. You're only paid during the season. Uh, and, you know, some of these guys have to, well, they do have to have other jobs in the summer. Very few of them can kind of get by. Some of the married guys might be able to. Um, but this isn't the level you're making a ton of money. Unless you're a guy, uh, if you remember the name Chris Mueller, uh, Mueller was actually in Tucson for a little while, and he's been around and is a big, big time AHL vet. Mueller is a guy who could make a little bit more, uh, like a six figure salary at this level. But you know, this is not the this is not the way to economic prosperity. That's why everybody's working so hard to get to the National Hockey League, uh, where the money kicks up quite a bit. So it's, but it's still nice to reward the efforts of these guys and give them something to play for and allow them to have. I know it's not a championship trophy. It's not a Calder Cup, but it's something. You know, you battled hard all year. This, to me, is it's important to say, hey, guys, um, this we worked hard this year in difficult circumstances, and now we get to really compete for, in this case, a division title, um, which is like its own little cup, if you will. I, I think it's the best reward under the circumstance you could have. Yeah, I think it's really interesting what they've done. And uh, this time uh, next week, I will be in Irvine to uh, to see those games on Tuesday and Wednesday and doing the show from uh, from Irvine. But as I uh, as I looked at it, the way they did it, Tom, was they, they took 
one, two, and three are going to get buys. And then four plays seven, five plays six. Winners play each other for that last spot, if you will, in the four-team um, semifinals, playoff, whatever you want to call it. But they've condensed it, too, to make sure that this gets all wrapped up by the end of May. So um, just one more time, kudos on that to the Pacific Division, or should they have just said, hey, you know, the rest of the divisions can't play. Like, you look at the Atlantic, they only had three teams playing this year. Um, how, how, what are your thoughts on that? I think the AHL is trying to give the guys and, and the fans, more importantly, something that matters, something that resembles a playoff, something that looks like normal. Uh, because yeah. we're not going to have a color cup handed out this year. So we need something uh, from a fan perspective, especially. I mean, fa- look, fans love bragging rights. Uh, so right. why not t-shirts why, yeah. right yeah I mean, come on it's uh banners but, in the ring but <laughs> absolutely absolutely and that is you know this is what we can do right now nothing is normal and whatever is on the other side of this is not what we'll have known before so we're just going to figure it out as we go but i i i like it at least there's something as you mentioned there are teams that you know did, first of all didn't play at all this year then, like in the Atlantic, three teams. Hey, that's so tough. The Canadian teams couldn't cross the border. Um, right. You know, and, and we're, we still have to figure this out in the NHL. So, you know, there's just so many weird things that happen. The OHL did not play at all this year. No Memorial Cup again this year. Hockey's just trying to figure out what it can do for the fans and for the players to give them that, that something here at the end of the year. Good points. Very good points. Okay, so let's jump off the AHL for a minute because we got about, oh, I don't know, uh, 10, 15 minutes left. So um, I, correct me if I'm wrong on this, Tom, because you, you kept a closer eye on this over the years than I have. But, you know, Black Monday for football coaches in the NFL is pretty traditional. It's been that way for a long time where uh, Black Monday you lose your job <laughs> if, you're, if you're not <laughs> successful. Okay, but right. do you remember the, the NHL actually – um, parting ways with coaches immediately after the season was done, even before the playoffs started for the other teams? Well, we've never had this. <laughs> so we've never had a situation right. <laughs> where Vancouver is going to be point. playing until they're Vancouver's playing until Halloween, Scott. So, um, <laughs> you know, this is a, that said, um, I think, Looking at it from a standpoint of, do we see a lot of, we do see occasional end of the year firings. Uh, Sorry about that. Had to sneeze. Uh, Didn't want to do that for everybody. Uh, But, um, you (laughs) know, the cough button. (laughs) uh, I I do. I have have this little little mute button here. I hope works. Yeah, it did. So that said, uh, you know, yeah, guys go at the end of the year. It's it happens. Um, it's uh, the the interesting thing. Well, especially with Seattle, Seattle is out there, and uh, you and I talked about Rick Tockett. Is he going to Seattle? Uh, you know, uh, and I think so. You think so? Uh, you know, I I wonder who's going to fill in these other spots. Of course, Mike Babcock is always out there. Gerard Gallant. Uh, and other guys who have made it clear that they want coaching jobs. Uh, I think John Tortorella, let's be honest, he's given them an early, early heads up and saying, hey, Columbus, I'm not coming back. 
because he has to find another job. And maybe he had the sense that they weren't going to bring him back anyway, but he took the initiative, said, all right, I'm out. Uh, and now that gives him time if anybody else is interested because Buffalo is sort of open. Um, you know, and then there's going to be, obviously, Columbus will be open. And then Seattle and now Arizona. Uh, you know, so there's got to be more openings trickling down here at the end of the season. There's there's rumblings that the Rangers um, may be open. And it's interesting on uh, Talking Puck. Last night, uh, Mike Haynes, former voice of the Avalanche, who also knows, um, you know, obviously his Avalanche coaching pretty well. But Chris Drury, there's a rumor going around. Chris Drury may be looking to bring in Mark Crawford. And uh, Mike is a big fan of Mark Crawford, likes him, knows him pretty well, um, and said that he had, you know, heard there might be a little, little fire to that smoke. So, you know, maybe... Now there'll be yet another coach looking for a job in the offseason. There's not going to be that many openings. Uh, there'll be right. some, but not that many. So Tortorella, in doing what he did, is trying to get a jump on it and get his name out there as fast as possible in a way. I mean, if you're going to – I'd rather be like, oh, right now, if I was an NHL head coach. I'd say, show me the door if you're going to show me the door. Let's not sit around and think about this for three weeks. I need to find a job. Yeah, I heard some interesting rumblings about the uh, the Tockett situation that Tockett would have uh, been willing to stay on. And I guess the term they used was a mutual parting, but Tockett would have been uh, willing to stay on with the Coyotes had they been willing to do certain things. It was – uh, a number of different things, and I don't want to nitpick because I don't think this is the time or place to do that. But uh, I think we all know the sticking points for Rick. And uh, if the organization wasn't willing to do that, um, I think he just said, okay, well, let's just part ways and let me go now and, and, and get my name out there too. But the interesting thing that I thought, Tom, and I don't think I've seen this out of an NHL franchise either, but the Coyotes are good at surprising me with things for the NHL franchise part of it. Uh they said that they're looking for uh, not necessarily an experienced NHL coach. Have you ever heard that said uh, anywhere along your hockey train, uh, train, I should say? Yeah, I mean, yes. I've heard I've heard teams say, you know, they want to go with an up-and-comer. Um, but it's not even reading between the lines with the Coyotes, is it? It's money. Um, you know, this, no one's guessing at this. Everyone knows that Mike Babcock would cost money if you were to bring him in, that John Tortorella would cost maybe not as much, but money if you were to bring him in. These guys cost money. Um, so one of the things about a young, hungry coach is that they're young and hungry. And with a and the Coyotes have a young and hungry team. They really only have OEL uh, as far as that like veteran guy who's the guy. I know Goligoski is a veteran who's there, but it, it just, you know, they're going to be a fair to Midland team. Uh, they need time to develop their talent. So maybe you have the time to develop a coach and find a guy who's just, you know, grateful for the ham sandwich and the bag of chips and the chance to put on the tracksuit. That's not saying he's a bad coach, but that is the operating constriction of the Arizona Coyotes. So you accept it uh, and, and you move on. So I'm not surprised to hear you say that, but if, if, if someone wants to try to convince me it is anything but budgetary, go for it. I'll listen to you, <laughs> but by the time you're done, I will still disagree. Okay, so so let me throw out a name that that 
popped up in early speculation um, because of the ties to the St. Louis Blues and, of course, uh, Bill Armstrong being from there. But the first name that I heard pop up was Mike Van Ryan, uh, the former coach at uh, the Tucson Roadrunners. Um, I don't know if you know Mike or know much of him, but um, would he be a, a good candidate? Uh, give me that. Sorry, Scott. Give me that one again. It was Mike. What was the last name? Mike Van Ryan. Mike Van Ryan. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I I was in Tucson here when when uh, Van Ryan was here, um, and he's so he, a guy he, I know. Uh, Tom, he moved to St. Louis uh, as kind of an you know to be an assistant coach, but I think the plan was to get more seasoning to become an NHL coach. And now with Bill Armstrong coming from St. Louis here, I don't know how strong their ties are, but apparently. From what I've been told, they're pretty strong. Uh, would that surprise you? No. Uh, I mean, Van Ryan won a cup with St. Louis uh, his first year in the door there. He's been seen as a bit of an up-and-comer. He did a nice job here with the Roadrunners. Um, you know, that man, that was a, a, a rough uh, start for the, the Roadrunners, too, oh. going through everything they went oh, through and, geez. you know, the Craig Cunningham incidents and, uh, you know, oh. just everything they've been through. But Van Ryan is a guy who he's not – He's not at the top of people's radars, but the connection with Armstrong makes sense, um, and his coaching pedigree makes sense because there was a division title with him behind the bench. Uh, there's certainly the he's proven the ability to do it in the AHL, and the idea, yeah, you're right, to be an assistant in the NHL is to see how to run an NHL team. So I think that that makes total sense to me that they could reach out to him and say, this is our, our guy, we're going to give him a shot, and... You know, he's not going to cost you as much as a Bruce Boudreaux uh, would. So I could easily see that. And the flip side of that is, don't forget this, he would then be coming back to coach a whole bunch of players he already knows because they were here when he was here in Tucson. Now a lot of those players, the Lawson Krauses, Connor Garland's, Michael Buntings of the world, have graduated to the NHL level. Yeah, good point. Okay, so uh, quickly let's talk about uh, Seattle if we can because I've been told by a lot of different sources that uh, that's Rick Tockett's job. Um, Ronnie Francis and him uh, are, are very close, and, and I think Rick would be a good fit there. But also just recently a lot of talk about Gerard Gallant. I don't know if you've heard that too, but I just started hearing that the last two or three days that Gerard Gallant could be uh, a guy that would fit that role. Um, we know what he's doing now with the uh, team Canada, but your thought on Gerard. Well, I think you're remiss if you don't talk to him just because of what he accomplished in Vegas. Uh, and to be honest with you, him getting let go in Vegas was kind of out of left field for a lot of people and including him. Um, you know, they were going through a losing streak, but I, I thought it was an oddball change at the time. I still think it was an oddball change. Uh, now, obviously they turned it around after DeBoer came in uh, and Vegas is right now competing for a division title and, and has the possibility of locking it up tonight as they take on the Colorado Avalanche, which they are right now. Um, and they lead one nothing, by the way. <laughs> they do. They lead one nothing with, with just under a half a period gone here. So, And it should have been 2 nothing. You'll see the highlights of that later. But they completely blew a two-on-one. Um, but so that said, you know, you need to talk to him. You need to get his philosophy. You need to talk to him about, you know, uh, his experience in building that franchise. And here's the other thing. You can hire both guys. 
they're both sitting on the sidelines. So you can have Tockett head coach, Golan assistant. You can have Golan head coach, Tockett assistant. You could, uh, you know, do all kinds of things with a coaching setup and scenario in that. And maybe you do. You say, look, um, you know, would Rick Tockett, and, and maybe one of them would not come to be a, a, a second fiddle. But this is a situation, Scott, where it's it's most unusual. And Seattle, much like Vegas, set themselves up to go, um, you know, really well off off the uh, the hop here. The NHL is setting Seattle up the same way with this expansion draft. It's not quite as blatant as it was with Vegas, but the rules still favor Seattle to come out with a good competitive team. Um, and depending on the deals that they make, they may be really good. Um, and, and a little bit of luck, you know. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see exactly how that's all going to work itself out here, Scott. But you know what? I think you have to talk to both those guys. I I wouldn't be surprised if we heard one or two more names enter the hopper here over the next couple of days. But probably we're looking at a decision here, I'd say, in the next couple of weeks. By the time Vancouver finally does end the NHL regular season, which is May 19th, <laughs> I think sometime in that area, maybe within the week after at the latest. Because they have a draft to prepare for, or two of them. They have an amateur draft, and they have an expansion draft. And the coach is so important in helping to put that plan together. Okay, one final thing on on uh, Seattle. I want to get your uh, opinion on that. Just got a couple minutes left. But if we, uh, if we look at Seattle, uh, financially, they seem to be in really good shape. They've already made their payments to the uh, NHL. They're officially the 32nd franchise of the NHL. Um, they're doing something different, though. They're doing a lot of green uh, environmental things as part of it. So just your thoughts on that and how you think they're going to enter the league next fall and uh, what kind of what can they bring to uh, the NHL right away? Seattle, so as a team, they will bring a nice rivalry in that Pacific Northwest, assuming the borders are open. Um, you know, it's natural with Vancouver. That's going to be a tremendous rivalry. And then kind of looking at, you know, everything else that's out there for Seattle. Um, it's, it's perfect. The California teams are right there and they, they will have the setup, you know, Vegas and Seattle will have that expansion kind of kissing cousins thing going on. So that will be a good storyline. They'll have a lot of storylines on and off the ice, but I think they are, a representative of the new socially conscious NHL. Uh, the NHL is now reaching a point where environmentally friendly initiatives make sense as a league for them to hardcore promote them. Diversity initiatives, not that they weren't there before, but they're really, really more important uh, as far as visibility and and having those things forward. And I think that we're really seeing the NHL try to take leaps forward and take initiatives seattle reflects that as a franchise so i think seattle is going to be in many ways the face of the league in these initiatives so we will probably hear a lot of the off-ice stuff uh we'll hear a lot of the off-ice stuff when it comes to seattle and them kind of being the face of the league with the off-ice initiatives with all of the things that the league is now deeming important away from the rink seattle reflects that as a franchise and i think that you know not that we weren't going to see a lot of them anyway. Obviously, it's in the yeah. league's best interest that they succeed. We'll see right. even more of them. We will see all their diversity and inclusion initiatives. We will see all of their green initiatives. Um, and they're and they're in a market. I, you know, I've been to Seattle. Seattle's a market that is very 
uh, in tune with this. And I think that it, it is a good choice and a good match. All right. Two quick things to close it out in the final five minutes. Uh, the first one is uh, Connor McDavid getting 100 points in 56 games or in fewer than 56 games. Um, and a lot of people don't know. Connor McDavid and uh, Austin Matthews spent a lot of time right here, Oceanside Ice Arena and different places in the Valley training during the pandemic. So I'm just wondering, Tom, in your opinion, can we claim Austin Matthews and Connor McDavid as the Arizona hockey hotbed or at least the desert Southwest? Uh, you know what? I, I, I would not stop you from trying to claim Connor McDavid. I think everybody would. Um, you know, hey, if he's got a summer home here and he wants to train here in the off season, and he and Austin Matthews come hang out, that's that's totally fine. Um, you know, that's and here's the thing, McDavid, fifty six points this season. Um, it, it was an interesting discussion again last night on the on Talking Puck TV. Mike and I covered this as well, saying where does this season rank among the all time great seasons. You know, it's not Gretzky's two hundred twelve point season. That was ridiculous on a level that we'll oh. probably never see again. Uh, but in today's game, where teams have so much more videotape preparation, where they have so much more defensive coaching and scheming and ways to shut guys down, it comes down to just skill and speed. And the difference, what separates McDavid is not only is he fast, and he's got that speed, but he can make his skilled moves at full speed. He does not need to slow down to make a play. He doesn't need to hesitate to make a play. He can go drive the net as hard as he possibly can, still put the moves on and accomplish what he needs to accomplish. That is what separates him as an elite level player. And so when you look at what McDavid does, how he does it at speed, um, you, of course you have to appreciate the kind of player he is, but we also then Scott need to say this season for him was exceptional. A hundred points in, uh, you know, and, and you're right. He didn't even bother carrying it all the way to 56 games. There was no drama. He needed four points. He went out and got four points. So the guy's just dominating. He's one of the best players we are ever going to see. And, um, he's the, he's the player of this generation. He is the best talent of the generation. Okay, final three minutes. The uh, announcement came about a week ago, a little more than a week ago, that the NHL is going to have a new TV partner, uh, partners. Um, you you being in the media, um, like it? Don't like it? What are your thoughts? You know, um, NBC Sports, in an odd way, kind of forced their hand when they announced they were going to shut down the network. Um, they're still going to have a sports element to NBC. Uh, they're still going to have football and, and whatever other sports, but it made sense once that property was going away. And let's face it, a lot of sports networks are, especially the regionals. We've seen all the Foxes turn into Bally's because Fox as an entity sold off the baby Foxes. They did not want them anymore. Um, RSNs just are not in the 90s. They And RSN is Regional Sports Network. Um, RSNs were all the rage. They were, you know, ways for everyone to kind of jump on that bandwagon, make some money off of their local sports teams. Uh, but that's faded. And so now the profitability is not there like it was. I, my guess is twofold. That shows that NBC was not willing to put the money behind the sports programming and that the cash offer that they were looking for wasn't there. 
Turner Sports came up with that offer. Turner Sports also promised to give them kind of that NBA look and feel. Um, so I understand that, and ESPN is still the big dog. Like them or hate them, they're the big dog. And ESPN is going to take over the entire streaming package. They already had the infrastructure built in. NHL TV goes away next year, which I'm a little nervous about. I've had NHL TV uh, for me, well over 10 years. <laughs> so we'll see. Um, but you know what, Scott? That's uh, Hopefully they just you know have all the games, and, and we'll see how it goes. But um, that's – that is one less thing on the NHL's plate that they know will still be professionally presented because all they're doing is carrying the re- the regional broadcast. It's not anything crazy. So, yeah, that, that makes total sense that that's just how it's going to go. And I so think – I'm going to capitalize this for you, Tom. I'm going to say that you're okay. saying it's a wait and see. <laughs> It, Am I it right? Yeah, I, I, it is. It's a bit of a wait and see, but I think at the end of the day, in the U.S., it will mean better ratings, and it certainly yeah. means more money. Yep, and that's all good things as far as uh, the players are concerned. I am certain. All those uh, hockey-related revenues. <laughs> yeah, free hockey week uh, going on right now with NHL.TV. And uh, ESPN Plus, I guess. So take advantage of that as the regular season comes to an end. Tom Callahan, thanks for joining me. Well, hopefully this isn't going to be the end of you because we're going to get you on more and more, right? Well, do you know something I don't know? I mean, (laughs) what's lurking around the corner? Should I look in the closet? Uh, No, but with these coaches and and broadcasts, you know, I don't want to lose you. (laughs) Oh, man. Who who knows, Scott? I certainly don't. So, but no, absolutely. I love talking hockey with you guys. All right. Love to have you on. Have a good night. Get back to watching those Golden Knights and Avalanche because uh, I, I build it as a very, very big game for both teams. This this series, if these guys meet, and Minnesota, I'm not ruling out Minnesota to upset Colorado, but, uh, and I think this is what, <laughs> this is what we're going to see here, but if these two teams meet, it's going to be like a baby Stanley Cup. Yes. Yep. Very well put. All right, we're in, uh, we're in for a treat in the AHL and NHL. Tom Callahan, thanks for joining me. I'll say good night uh, with uh, another professional hockey Southwest Weekly podcast, one of the quad pod of podcasts that we have, seven thirty p.m. Mountain Time, uh, Sunday through Wednesday. Good night, Tom. Have a good night. Thank you, Scott. Always appreciate it. Take care. All right. Bye bye. The D Las Vegas Resorts and Casinos. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly has been brought to you by Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila. Our new Extra Añejo is aged at least three years before bottled. Get yours tonight. MexicanMoonshine.com. The D. Las Vegas Resort and Casino. From the Fremont Street Experience to the iconic American Coney Island Restaurant. We are more than just great gaming action. Book your spot at the D.com. Verizon Wireless the 5G and 5G Ultra Band for business America's been waiting for. Buy summer skates. Fall, winter, doesn't matter. We still like to keep our drinks cold. Get your personalized koozies and shower shoes. Go to icetimehockeysw.com slash partners and click on the summer skates banner. Behind the Mask and BehindTheMask.com, where we can provide for all of your hockey needs on the ice or in line. See the website for our Three Valley locations and more. Jesse Ray's Barbecue at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas, where despite how long it takes you to eat your meal, 
There are so many delicious choices. It always seems like it takes you longer to decide what to eat than to actually eat it. I am Drive, the presenting partner of What Drives You. M Drive in the morning, relax at night. Our two-step system for energy, stamina, recovery. The D Las Vegas Resort and Casinos Professional Hockey, Southwest Weekly, and all of the Ice Time Hockey SW podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app. Available for download at the iTunes Store, Podbean, the Google Play Store, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and on the TuneIn app. Ask Alexa to turn on your ITHSW podcasts. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly, presented by the D Resort Casino Hotel, is a part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. All right, folks, uh, we do want to thank Tom Callahan for joining us and let you know that next week we will uh, be coming to you live from Irvine, California, as we prepare for the AHL playoffs. So uh, we'll say goodnight with little Roger Klein and the Peacemakers, De Niro, and wish everybody a good night. Tune in tomorrow night for College Hockey Southwest Weekly, and, of course, Wednesday night for Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. Good night, everybody.